depression is a motherfucker. If you or someone you know needs help with mental health struggles, you can go to the National Alliance on Mental Illness website at NAMI.org or call the National Suicide Hotline at 1-800-273-8255 or just simply dial 988 for immediate help. At the lowest moments, remember it's the darkest before the dawn and there is help out there. You are not alone. You are now crossing over into the land of Nowhere, California. And if you enjoy your experience on this journey, you can find us by searching Nowhere, California on all the popular podcast players. You can even ask Alexa and just say, hey, Alexa, play Nowhere, California. And while you guys are there, give us a like or review. And if you really just can't get enough of us, you can find us on all the great popular social medias and our own website, NowhereCalifornia.com. Or you can email us, Nowhere underscore California at Yahoo.com. Last stop, Nowhere, California, where ideas are everywhere and voices are nowhere. This is Josh. This is Doug. And this is Nick. And this is Nowhere, California. A more stylish Nowhere, California, thanks to someone. Uh, well, I mean, I do have this nice decoration on my left breast. Uh, I had shirts made for us. We've been talking about that for a while. We have been. And um, I finally had somebody, who, um, actually very close at my work, who does all kinds of printing. And I said, you know what? I want to pull the trigger on this for my guys for Christmas. Um, and... Here they are. They have our fancy new logo, our hockey-type logo on yeah. the front, and fucking huge on the back. But then they're also stylized with our names on them. Yeah. And uh, it has my name, your name as podcaster, Josh's name as creator slash podcaster. Which made um, me feel kind of tingly. Well, it should, fearless leader. But yeah. um, Give me the creative... A Spider-Man shirt. Yeah. Tingly. <laughs> Give me the creative tingles. <laughs> exactly. You know, and I just thought, you know what? We, we've done so many conventions where... You know, we're, we're scrambling to make sure we have cards and all of that stuff. And uh, what better way to approach people than when we have our No Word California shirts. And um, pretty much any design that we come up with, she can accommodate. Nice. And it is at a friend's discount price. So we don't have to go through, you know, some of the... I know we looked into a couple of different things in the past, and they can get kind of pricey. But this yeah. one this one is pretty well within budget for us to do. And... Um, Oh, I shit, the money you save in shipping alone. I it's here. Really, it might be safe to say that we might have a supplier for future shirts for our listeners out there. Nice. Hey. And we've been talking about some new shirt campaigns coming up and everything because we could use the money. Yeah. But um, on a previous episode, the most recent episode, we talked about some stuff coming up leading into our 200th episode, mm-hmm. which... Unfortunately, you weren't there for the conversations. Uh, we'll get into a little bit more of that in a moment. There was one thing we alluded to, and I did pull the trigger on this one. We now have a phone number. Is 69 in it anywhere? Uh, double checking. <laughs> Unfortunately, no. God damn it. I tried to get 867 That's where I was going. But it, it, I couldn't get that figured out either. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, uh, but, um, Does it start with 909? Or no, what was it? No, 1900? No. 
So we can't get money off of that either. I'm fucking too old for that because other people are going to be like, what the fuck is 1-900? Yeah, exactly. So for you millennials out there, <laughs> 1-900 was a sequence number that for about 20 years you would call, if you were calling a 1-900 number, you were calling a sex line. Yeah, no, not all of them were sex lines. Well, no, there was the, party lines. There was party. There was insult lines. There, were, there yeah. was a boom but of 900 numbers. Basically, a you call this number, they charge your phone. Plan provider, whatever it was. Psychics. There were psychics. Yes, yeah, there were. Contact yeah. Pacific Bell, Pacific whatever. Whatever. Bell. You know, Holy but um, and then you would talk with these people, and it was like 99 cents a minute, dollar 99 a minute. Um, and then the internet got invented, and that market went bad. Yeah. Which, to me, I, it's that's fucking weird for me. Because hearing a woman with a sexy voice on the other end kind of talk to you. Got me through my 13 through 26. Well, I was just... Listening. Yeah, but see now... Easy. But now people can just see a woman with a sexy voice. I don't want that. Sometimes you just want... Shoving that. things into various places while still using sexy voice, and it's not $1.99. Hey. And your mom won't see the cell... Or some, your mom won't see the bill. My mom sees all of it, <laughs> unfortunately, from the beyond. And that's horrifying. And she's judging you. So I since we've now just talked about graphic sex and mothers... Yeah. Let's get back to what we were talking about. We do have a phone number now, so seriously, it's a real number. You guys can now call it and leave us messages. Transylvania 6, 5,000. Not that. The phone number is 442-600-4545. Pretty simple to remember. 645 We're going to have to go down and look at what the numbers we can possibly you know, combine to figure out what kind of uh, phonetic... Yeah, sort of no. thing. Four and five are on the same. Call four four two, eat dick or something like <laughs> <No>. that. <laughs> uh, just, just say, stop beating around the bush and everything. Give me that number one more time. It's four four two six zero zero four five four five. Call it, leave a message, and realize you leave a message unless you otherwise state it. We're we're probably gonna play it on our show. So be ready for that. Fabulous. Yeah. So, so that's we got fancy new shirts, fancy new phone numbers. Yeah. Do we have anything else new? Uh, in a moment. My idea with it though is leading into the 200th episode to get everybody that's past and present with nowhere. If to... we get somebody from the future, oh, that'd be amazing. That's fucking great. Oh, <gasps> now now it's the hamster wheels in my head going like, how can I do <laughs> it? Right, it's immediately it's, where I want to like oh, eight, It's like the 80s, 90s, and now from Y102. Now yeah. we have past, present, and future. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but back to what you're saying about new stuff. You weren't here for the episode, and I don't think you've listened to the new episode yet. I have not. I have this gentleman next to me thought of something very brilliant. Hi. We, Hi. we threw out several titles to it, but uh, I came up with the title of, and now... That moment in Nowhere History, and you get a cool little audio cue, and it's basically, well, you, you explain it, dude. You thought it up. So, essentially, it's, it's, it's a randomly chosen moment in history, and it is a randomly chosen moment in history. What you'll need to do, and, and, and what we did, la you'll, you can hear what I chose last episode, and Josh will choose this one. Random episode number and timestamp. Yeah. So, for example, you would say episode 69 one hour 20 minutes but that's know, not the one you're going to hear right now no the one you're going to hear right now for your that moment in nowhere history will be episode 4 4 minutes 44 seconds and now that moment in nowhere history
Yes. So it's fucking awesome. What the hell? Well, what, what? What? Oh, God. What? Well, I, I do believe some introductions are in order here, Josh, so yeah. please take the floor. Yeah, it'll be more of a verbal introduction because the listeners are probably like, uh, is that Josh's voice is being thrown or what? Oh, 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 oh my God. <laughs> no, they just thought your balls dropped. Oh. So there's going to be more time to abuse me during the show, so let's just get uh, the introductions rolling. All right. Doug, my good friend Doug. Hello. You got a, got a thing for fours there? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, after you did yours, I was like, you know what? Four, four, four. Let's just it's do that. Like, <laughs> it's like, I'm going for fours. And then also, too, just to throw out to whoever's listening to this right now, if you're really that bored and want to think of some random numbers, call the phone number and give us your choice for that moment in nowhere history. Four, four, two, six hundred, four, five, four, five. I feel like this is going to develop into like this rabbit hole where it's like, wait, that, those weren't random numbers. Those were coordinates. <laughs> no, we're going to go on this crazy adventure to find out that we're just going to have our kidneys stolen. I'm busy. I can't go on an adventure. I can adventure from like 12 I'll tell you the same thing I told Bill after Tusk came out. Out of anybody in this group to have some fucked up shit happen because of this podcast, it's going to be me. Yeah, that's fair. That's I'll fair. be the one kidnapped and transformed into some fucked up creature or having to run through the woods freaking in my underwear with my hands and feet tied. Now, but conveniently, Nick brought you a shirt for that yeah. very occasion. Some people would call that an exciting Friday evening. Depending on the outcome. That's true. Emphasis on the come. That's fair. That's yeah. fair. Once again, call our hotline. <laughs> yep. 442-600-4545. Still trying to figure out what to call it. Right now it's called the direct line to nowhere. Okay. Yeah. All right, we'll have to brainstorm. I yeah. think that's pretty good. But uh, it, it's not ready to be exposed now, but uh, we have some con issues to reveal. Oh. Mm. Uh. I think the house cleaning's done. All the... You're never going to be able to, to clean this show up enough to work. Well, no, just the house cleaning <laughs> of, like, the phone number and... The that nowhere moment bullshit. Yeah. Our last sponsor tried that with a fuck him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I listened to that old episode, Did too. You really? Oh, yeah, where it, it fell apart, and I just was like, yeah, I told him fuck off. Hey, could you possibly tune it down? You guys sponsor Kevin Smith. Every other word he says is fuck. You sponsor Mark Marin. His, his show's called What the Fuck. Yeah. Was it the swear words or the content that they were upset All about? the above. All the above. Because I, I can see, the, I can see the argument against like you guys sponsor other people and having swear words. You know that's kind of dumb. <laughs> but we make a lot of innuendo jokes. Or, or, hey, a whole bunch. Well, like during that whole time, I actually talked to somebody at work about it, and they're like, "Well, the whole Logan Paul thing where he was in a suicide for," and I stopped them dead in his tracks. I'm like, "We're not like that dipshit." Yeah. Hmm. When no, we yeah. when we're vulgar, we have purpose behind it. Well, you know what? And honestly, the vulgarity that we use, this is our podcast. We're not, but also, too, we're not shock and awe. We have a purpose with it. We're creative. Yeah, it's not like we're just throwing words out there to to get a rise out of people. It usually has some emotion behind it or something like that. Like movies. Yeah. Segway. Hey, yeah, we're good. Almost to 200 we're episodes. Almost 200 episodes, and this we're, guy's got it down to we're damn near starting to figure out segways. Oh, yeah. Man, we've got his shirt, I phone numbers, segways, logo. Oh my god! It's fucking crazy. Yeah. Coming next, nowhere California cock rings. <laughs> See? God, that, you, just, you just ruined your birthday present. Oh, fuck. How'd you know? I'll take it. Okay. Double cock ring? Okay. Right. 
double cock rings. I mean, from what I know, those do are I have urge. double cocks or double rings? The rings and yes. the, how those things go on. That just, <laughs> yes, have some. Yeah. Anywho, uh, all together. Uh, it's a new year. Old year's done, and we've done this past couple of years. And it's a tradition at this point, in yeah, my opinion. Yeah. The first episode of January is generally our media recap. Of yeah, our favorite movies yeah. last year, and I got to think of some title to go in front of burning sensations of the previous year. Mm. It started out with the COVID episode where I was with COVID and other burning sensations of that year. <laughs> yeah. And then it was crossing the streams and other burning sensations. All right. So yeah. this will be the third one. So, anyways, um, we'll figure that out later. <laughs> uh, we're just going to dive into our favorites, our honorable mentions. But first, we're going to talk about the worst movies of last year. I'm gonna, I'll go ahead and start because technically my choice wasn't in 2022. It was 2021. It was released December 25th, 2021, and me and Kim saw it early last year, and it was like going into it. It reeked of Oscar bait, it was awards bait and everything, and then as Ugh. time progressed and everything, I just started hating it more and more and more, and I'm just going to say the title now because I don't know why I'm beating around that bush. Cats! No. Oh, fuck. But you saw my post on that, right? I did. The last movie I saw at the Mariposa Theater. Oh, God, what that, tragedy that's on two a, levels. That's more of an honor than this fucking movie. Licorice Pizza. Paul Thomas Anderson. Really? Yeah, starring uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman's kid. Like, I, I, like, <laughs> I, like I feel bad. That's a funny catchphrase. It's not Philip Seymour Hoffman, but it's his kid. I feel bad about him losing his dad and everything, Yeah. but I want to punch his character in the face. That's fair. Yeah. This is Listen, just, I lost my dad young, and lots of people punched me in the face. Yeah. Pretentious piece of shit. Wow. Come yeah. On. Oh, you meant him. Okay. The movie. Okay. <laughs> I thought he was talking to me for a moment. Fictional characters. <laughs> Fictional characters. And not memorable. Like, really? We're talking about it a lot. Because I fucking hate it. <laughs> and my brain is a fucking still trap that sometimes backfires on me. Right. Yeah. No press is bad press. And, uh, <laughs> God, like, Bradley Cooper's cameo in it, he was a freaking raving lunatic. Okay. And there was this one, there was this one running joke with this couple, I forget the actor's name, and he's in a lot of stuff, he's in Yes Man, he hosted the game show that you were on. Oh, God damn it. David, it's three names. Let's just say David. David Moore from Blade Trinity? Yeah. Yes. That, yeah. <laughs> and his wife is... Yeah, everybody knows him from comedies. And hey, like, maybe if I had won the fucking $15,000, I'd remember his goddamn name. Yeah, well... But we uh, came up one short, so fuck him. Then you're going to enjoy this, then. He's married to a woman of Asian descent and everything. Okay. And she doesn't speak a lick of English. And his way of translating is doing the freaking stereotypical ha to her. Ew. But the fucking key, ew, really? The key thing is, it, there's no reason. There's no payoff. There's no catch to it or anything. It just happens. And that, uh, like, at first when I was reading articles about licorice pizza, people yeah. were, people were pointing out like this is bad. I'm like, I, I'm I like bad humor and everything. So how bad could this be? And then we decided to go see it. And I saw it I was like, oh yeah, this is really bad. Wow. Because it's just like, I mean, like no if, payoff at all. Even if you went the whole film thinking it was just this crazy racist thing that he did. Yeah. And then at the end to find out that like that she was, turns around and goes, that was one of the things I can speak that, English for like the last 10 years. Or I even just if she turned around and was just like, you had that one genuine sweet moment where she was 
you know, like she explains to him, I love, I love when you do that. It makes yeah. me laugh inside. Yeah, just you know, something. It just makes me laugh inside, and so I'm not offended. You know, other people get offended, but I'm not offended by. I do know that Licorice Pizza was semi-autobiographical. Hey, the, the, somebody the, has a really fucked up, boring life. The story of those two people, I believe the script was written by well, them. Yeah. The one thing I do remember about it, the kid, Philip Seymour Hoffman's kid, is a child actor and everything, and for some reason he stops acting and opens up a pinball arcade. And this is during the time that pinball was outlawed because it was considered gambling. Mm. Okay. Yeah, a really weird history moment. I just, I, there's so many film ideas that circulate like around that. Like, there the there could have been a really good film out of that. Yeah, 100%. Compared to this bullshit. That's 100% where my brain went. I mean, they made a whole movie about a kid on summer vacation getting into ping pong. Yes. They and that was a great movie. I can't remember the name of it. Yeah. But it was uh, a great movie. But, yeah, that's enough about Licorice Pizza. <laughs> yeah, don't waste your time. <laughs> Doug? Uh, I haven't seen enough movies from 2022 to warrant them any of them being bad because... You have a kid. Yeah. I, I don't have time to watch a lot of stuff, so if there's something that I think even an inkling might be bad, I don't even watch it. So, I have no bad movies. What well, I you? fucking got one for you. Uh, I hated the living shit out of Scream. What? Fucking kidding me? Yeah, no, fucking, it was... A scream. Yeah, I was... They've, they've just taken the trope... Okay, the, 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 the realization has crept across his face. Sorry, I'm so sorry. Not Scream. We like Scream. Okay, me and Doug, we're going to have to kill you on mic. That's fine. I'm about to quit the damn show. You have to file that in triple tip. Yeah. And submit a blood sample. Yeah, and... So we can clone a better version! Um, but then you got to do an oral report, and I do emphasize oral. Uh, Hollywood, or Hollywood, Jesus Advertisers, Christ. Advertisers, call us now. <laughs> Halloween ends. Okay. It was... <sighs> See, I... Comparatively for... Yes, Halloween ends was not that great. It was it, not. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't bad enough for me to warrant it as a bad movie. And I'm very forgiving of bad horror movies. Um, uh, but... Halloween ends compared to Halloween kills yeah. is so much better. I mean, you're polishing a turd still. Yes, it but is. It's still a turd underneath. And, and for me, what it is is because my two favorite like uh, movie slashers yeah. are Jason Voorhees mm -hmm. and Michael Myers. Right. Jason Voorhees because I think he's 100% justified in killing everything that fucking moves. You like the strong silent type. No, he was, well, a little bit. I mean, <laughs> he is, you know, Kane Hodder is kind of... Anyway. Um, he can choke a dude. He certainly fucking can. But the fact that he was kind of like left alone and ignored while horny teenagers ran off and banged and he drowned in the lake and, you know, kept Chris Lake. Yeah, fuck, kill everybody. You earned it, buddy. Go for it. Um, but Michael Myers is just a force of goddamn nature. Like, an unexplained force of fucking nature. Mm -hmm. And it just fell so short. On the expectation level for me, and and that's could as far as a fan, we've talked about you know toxic fandom and stuff like that. As a fan of the franchise, that could 100% be on me. I don't think it's just you because there there is a large large majority of people in the horror community. There's a large backlash on that movie. Yeah, it's not it's it is divided. It it it's very split. Um, and I'm not knocking Jamie Lee Curtis. Like, she poured her heart and soul into a lot of this. Oh, am I knocking her? It, uh, <laughs> um, 
Well, fuck. Here we are, the first year, and still off the rails. Um, so, goddamn, you really fucked me up with that. Wait, we were supposed to build rails before we started this? <laughs> Which kind of rails are we talking? <laughs> sometimes, sometimes, when we touch. Um, just hang out with Gwyneth Paltrow, just doing lines. Right? Just, Sorry about um, that, too. What you're saying yeah, is so, a little you know, to do here. I've, I've always loved her take on Laurie Strode and how furious she's become. Yeah. You know, like in the Halloween Kills was just, oh, you know, she everything that she does is just phenomenal. I think where, I think where, the, I think where Halloween suffered was they <laughs> took this really awesome story that couldn't quite fit into one. Uh-huh. And instead of just going, okay, well, we'll make two, Blumhouse got greedy. and said, It was well, a Blumhouse we'll... one. Yes, was it, it was. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we might as well make three. In reality, what they should have done is two mm-hmm. or streaming show. There's no reason why with the way they told that trilogy. Peacock is doing Camp Crystal Lake. Exactly. There's no reason as to why we couldn't have gotten six one-hour episodes of Halloween franchise things. And they could have told a much more compelling story. Yeah, they could have done it all. They, they covered one night in six hours. I yeah. agree. They, yeah. Um, I, and I love that. And I love that that's on the table now. Yeah. Where you can take a series like The Walking Dead. They're going to kind of do it in reverse. Where you have the series and now we're going to get the, the TV show. That's kind of like, or the, the, the film. They're going to do a film yeah. uh, eventually of this. I love the idea of starting off in a film basis where you go to the theater, you watch this. But then... You can also go back and start watching more in-depth episodes yeah. or a continuance of a story in a episodic format on TV. I love that. Yeah, I think I, I really think the backlash from Halloween Kills mm. it, it really weighed heavily on Halloween Ends because I can't necessarily pick one particular. Oh wait, aspect. it wasn't Kills the second one, and Ends was the last one. Okay, so yes. yeah, so I think the backlash from Halloween Kills weighed heavily <laughs> on Halloween Ends because with Halloween Ends, I can't really determine one particular plot line. I can identify scenes, but mm-hmm. I can't particularly find one plot line that I don't like throughout the entirety of the movie. But the problem was it left such a bad taste in so many people's mouths that they had to almost do more with ends to make up for kills, and they didn't. Right. So ends suffers because of it. Exactly. You know, it's guilty by association. I, and I, I agree with that. Her, um, ultimate end, her ultimate end on Michael, though, her, you know, like, getting him on the counter sleeves, all that stuff, mm-hmm. like, that was so much more intimately brutal yes. than anything we had seen Minus the Rob Zombie stuff. Right. You know, anything we had seen out of Michael Myers, her ultimate kill at the end with him, minus the put him on the fucking hood of the car and drive his ass across town. Um, that was stupid. The car uh, pressure thing. Yeah. Fucking, oh, um, my God. Um, but that kitchen moment. Yes, the kitchen moment was so was phenomenal. If the rest of the movie had worked at that type of intimacy, yeah. pacing, um, Halloween in- tension. Halloween, yeah. All of it. Kills just put too much of a bad taste in people's it mouths. It really did. Okay, that we're really... We're off the rails. We're, 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 we're really we're, killing this. Yeah, we're really killing this. We gotta end it right yeah, now. Okay. Oh, and this is just the worst movies. We, we got the stuff we like to talk about, too. Wow. We so, do like to talk about bad stuff, though. Yeah, yeah. It's us. Um, I guess uh, next step would be honorable mentions. Just, like, a quick... Any random movies that we liked, but really we don't want to delve deep into. Do you want to go first, Doug? Since uh, you didn't yeah. have anything that you hated? Um, yeah. Uh, Thor, 
uh, Love and Thunder. I dug that one, one, yeah. I, I definitely preferred Ragnarok over Love and Thunder. Yeah. Um, but I prefer Love and Thunder over everything else. I really, like, you'll notice in my favorite list, I have no superhero movies, and I'll discuss that when we get to it. Yeah. But Love and Thunder, the thing I really, really dug about that one was Natalie Portman's storyline. Yeah. Because when they said that she was going to be the Mighty Thor, I'm like, yes. okay, how are we doing this? Yeah. How Jean, is she the doing? The Jane storyline See, was... now, it could have been easily, like, multiverse or anything like that. Yeah. But then they made it a cancer storyline. Um, that was something that I knew going from the comics. Okay, so it was part of the comics. That is very comic book based. Okay. Yeah. Um, that, and that is a very honest story. What I loved, and I'll throw the fucking spoiler in here for those of you who haven't oh, seen yeah. it yet. Uh, since we're getting into the favorites and everything, just realize there's spoilers ahead. I loved, love, 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 seeing her enter Valhalla. Oh, that was awesome. With Heimdall. And I was like, this, yeah. this is yeah. fucking great. And I loved that Thor chose, you know, he's always been such this fucking brute crusher and all this stuff. And, and it was almost like the uh, the lessons that he learned from the very first Thor film with Odin were completely lost. And then you come all the way back to Gore. Yeah. And you understand he's just a father. And he's like, let's go. I'll take her. Yeah. And the fact that it's, you know, Hemsworth kid. And, yeah. and a guilty pleasure of that movie also, too, beautiful. was the love triangle between the hammer, the... Yeah. That was very funny. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and I will say this. This is the last thing I'm going to say about the film. But I, a lot of people slam this because they said, well, Taika Waititi has taken this into in just too silly. It's too silly. There's too many goofy things. It scenes worked, though. But here's what I think most people missed. The story is told from the perspective of Korg. Yeah. So it's going to be weird. a goofy fucking guy. So you get a lot of weirdness in there, you know, like when, when you get Zeus, yeah. how he's so kind of over the top, you know, and I'm like, but this is Korg's telling. And then it drops off when Korg's no longer there. Yeah. And you get into a very serious... Thor, Jane, Gore, all of that stuff. But see, here's here's something else too. With 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 touching on the silliness for a second, we had all of the brutality of Infinity War in mm-hmm. Endgame, and now we've moved into this phase. And the Disney Plus stuff was balancing out. It had some positive, but then there was also some other brutal stuff. Mm-hmm. But how else are you gonna offset your audience and get their footing wrong to slam something so? fucking tragic in their face like secret wars Mm -hmm. then hey let's take the sexy one that everybody loves every woman's head over heels for let's make the goofiest silliest fun heartwarming story we can tell so then the next movie you go into crushes your fucking soul that's what thor that's that's the reason thor is as shiny as he is right now he's a distraction because disney and marvel are gonna hit us with so much fucked up shit later on. Yeah, I, I, I'm putting it out there right now. I don't think, I, I don't think Ant Man's making it out of Phase Five. He's going to make a it strong possibility. I, don't think, I think he's not going to make it out of the quantum realm. Yeah, in the next one, that's a strong possibility that we see Scott Scott Lang go by the wayside, and then maybe his daughter picks up the mantle. Yeah, yeah. But I think he's out, he's going to make it at least to the next Avengers. So movie. my, uh, but yeah. So, well, I'll go with my other honorable mention because we're going to go down a rabbit hole again. Yeah. Uh, the Monsters. I haven't had a chance to watch that one I yet. haven't either. It is not in any way, shape, or form like the TV show. It's very different. The characters are different. Well, However, it production design is amazing. Costuming is amazing. 
Sherry Moon Zombie as Lily oh, is amazing. amazing. And if you want to just be brainless for an hour and 45 minutes and laugh at goofy shit... That's amazing. It's great to do that. Well, I read some interviews. I haven't had a chance to watch yet, but I had my doubts about it, but then I started seeing more interviews with Rob talking about the different things he wanted to do with it. Yeah. He wanted to do it in black and white. Yeah. The studio was like, no, you can't. Yeah. And just different things, and he's just like, no, fuck it, I'm going to have fun. Yeah. I wish we get back to the days of Mel Brooks where he would just flat out go, "Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm-hmm, and then do whatever he wanted to. Yeah. 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 You know, I, I thought that yeah, was... Is the cool. World Part 2 coming soon? Really? It's already filming. Is that his final, you think? No, Which one? he still has some life in him. 90-something. Oh, Which yeah. one? Mm -hmm. uh, History of the World Part 2. Oh, okay. Part 2. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. And it's a series on Hulu. Uh, which will be fantastic. I really hope that they do a follow-up to Spaceball since they relaunched all the Star Wars shit. I think it would be tremendous. Hey, I learned a segue, too. Watch this. If you I wanted to go mindless for a little bit, just kind of brainless and veg out for a couple hours... My honorable mention would be Jackass Forever. Good choice. Um, I'm really glad we cleared the air that Scream was okay and it was Halloween Ends that you didn't like. Because if you had just dropped if you had just dropped Jackass as being one of your honorable mentions, but you hated Scream, that whole I need moments to myself thing is yeah. gonna be permanent because you'll be in the ground. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know. Well, I I've always had a soft spot for the Jackass movies. Um, I have no, two. I, need to. I, I have two. I, I I frequently, even though Bam wasn't in this one. And from what it sounds like, he's doing a lot better. I'm glad, and yeah. I know where his. He's opening for Stevo for his, the remainder of Stevo's tour. So fucking awesome! Good. I love that because you know Stevo had said, "I hope he, I really do. I hope he's getting clean." But mm -hmm. we all know Bam and. You know, so I'm glad that I hope he stays on the wagon this time. Yeah. Um, and I get it. You know, he lost his best fucking friend. Yeah. Like, you know, in a horrible fucking accident. And you have stupid money for stupid things, and you guys had done drugs and stuff like that before in the past. Well, now you just double and triple down on it and go deep into that fucking thing. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, as far as the film goes, I'll just say that. You know, the addition. What's that? Cogzilla. Cogzilla. That was fucking hilarious. <laughs> Um, way more dick than you're ever going to want to see from these guys. But it is funny. Um, the the addition of the new characters and stuff that, that have been... And those were the parts I kind of did not like. There was... The, well... Because I was just thinking, like, they better not be rebooting. And I hope they're not either. But... The, Let the, this be the swan song. They had some moments in there that were genuinely fucking hilarious. Oh, yeah. Um, so, for me, that's that's one of my honorable mentions. And uh, my second would just be, and I'll say this really quick, um, Wakanda, uh, Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Oh, yeah. I still haven't watched it. It's, Good. And they did, it, they it, did uh, such a great job at paying tribute to Chad. And that's really the only reason I want to watch it, because the, the character um, of his sister, I can't remember her name. Sure. Yeah. I have no emotional attachment to her character I whatsoever. I will 100% agree with you yeah. on this. She takes a very interesting journey on this, but yeah. I almost think the one who takes the bigger journey is his mother. Um, Angela Bassett. Well, that's because Angela Bassett will steal any movie out from anybody. She, <laughs> she played so well into the background last time. Yeah. And in this one, she's so fierce and yet so vulnerable. Yeah, she just won the Golden Globe. Yeah. She's she the first did. Marvel actress to win the uh, actor or performer. And rightfully fucking so. Yeah. But, she uh, did such a tremendous job. Uh, just to throw my two cents in, to throw my two cents in on Wakanda Forever, I'm the same way with his sister, but after this movie, you're going to probably have a different outlook on her. Okay. Um, they're the cameo. Yes. 
is insane. Like they that it was re- really well chosen. Yeah. For the emotion that they needed for the scene. We will leave it at that. Yeah, for I don't want to mess with that. Um, no, I, I I know the cameo. Okay, it, you guys well, can talk about. Yeah, it. Okay. I, I just I would I just kind of want to leave it there. I don't want to okay. dive too deep into it. Okay. Um, um, but I, also too, just uh, fin- my final chunk is they were able to accomplish an impossible task after everything that has happened. It right. was an uphill battle, and they fought it valiantly, and I think they came out on top. Um, I will say this Too bad in the comic say books. The same. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's very, very true. Um, so, oh my god. Call us now at 642 645 Tell Doug what you thought of that comment. This might be where we insert the suicide hotline. Uh, yeah. Um so I will I will say this much about it. The villain is Namor. Or Namor. Um I love what they did with him, with his, with the roots of him, and where he comes from, from Aztec lore and things like that. Mm-hmm. I hate Namor in the comic books. He is a cunt, and they didn't disappoint. <laughs> He's a fucking cunt. Yeah. Oh yeah, he is. In this movie too, and I still at the end of the movie is all hero villain. Fuck that guy. Fuck Namor. I can't. Yeah. He bugs me so. They just did a really well, you know, really good job uh, all the way around. Uh, like Doug mentioned earlier, I got a couple honorable mentions, so I'm just going to go through this as quickly as possible so we don't fall down any rabbit holes. Good <laughs> luck. Yeah. <laughs> That's an uphill battle for Nowhere, yep. California. Uh, first up is Worm. It's a small movie. Basically, it's in this alternate universe of the 90s where the way kids graduate is by uh, progressing sexually. Like having their first kiss or holding hands or something like that. The kids. I would have graduated at twelve. That's well, amazing. These kids are wearing like collars. Masturbation or, does not count. Yeah. It's, it's not like homeschool. I would have graduated at thirty-nine. <laughs> Basically, these kids are wearing like collars. Okay. That will not come off Hot. unless they have their first kiss. Hot. And this movie is a small like Napoleon Dynamite style movie. And it's warm, W-Y. You motherfucker. Now all I can do is picture Napoleon Dynamite dancing with a collar on his neck and like some BDSM shit. Pretty much. Good Christ. And the, like, and the way the Napoleon title is spelled is W-Y-R-M. <laughs> my lips are chat real bad. <laughs> Kiss me. <laughs> um, my next one is Chippendale's Rescue Rangers. I See, I didn't get to see that, and I was worried, because I love the cartoon. The they movies. did it really well. For a movie to be able to make Ugly Sonic cool... Okay. It, yeah, I, I can just leave it at that. And it, so many Easter eggs, so many different, like, references. There's a South Park reference in this damn movie. Really? Yeah. It's this world where animation and live action are together. That's fucking outstanding. Uh, I think uh, it's... Uh, Roger Rabbit. Yeah, I think Dale... Becomes a washed-up actor that uh, works the con circuits and everything. That's, That's where amazing. Ugly Sonic shows up. Because Ugly Sonic is a mainstay at uh, Comic-Cons. Yeah. Much like Virgil. Yeah. And uh, Chip is an insurance salesman. Because after yes. Rescue Rangers ended, he became an insurance salesman. But there's a lot more to it. Honestly, if you haven't watched it like Nick, watch it. It's worth it. Okay. And then my final one, I'm basically going to dub it as a true... Uh, I'm going to dub it as a Christmas triple feature. Ooh. First up is Spirited, Ryan Reynolds and Will Ferrell, the Christmas musical. Oh, yeah. That's currently still on Apple TV. Okay. Really well done. Uh, 
excellent mix of like cinematic and theatrical, like stage theatrics. Okay. All original songs. Like there's no like Noel or Jingle Bells or anything. It's okay, all okay. original. And the storyline is basically kind of in the vein of Christmas Carol and everything. Where Ryan Reynolds is the Scrooge esque person being haunted by the right. spirits, which is led by Ghost of Christmas Present, Will Ferrell. Who has an interesting past himself. Which okay. I'll leave it at that. You're a good pitch, man. I know. I, I, I sell shit well. Yeah, you do. Uh, next one is one I'm still surprised you haven't seen. Have you seen uh, Christmas Story Christmas? No. No. Okay. Well, how are you with the original? I make sure to watch it every Christmas. I, okay. do, I do like that. But I know you love it. Yeah, I do. And yeah. I, that was, I got to do the, the, play, yeah. the adult Ralphie yeah. in, the, uh, in the stage. This one, they did a really really good job with it. Like, I'm hit and miss on the original. This movie gives me a new appreciation for the original. Okay. Because it starts out with Ralphie, his wife, and the kids getting ready for his parents to come and visit. Okay. His dad passes. So he has to turn around and head home. And head home. And then you get everybody. Oh, that's cool. And... Do they bring Scott Farkas into it? I was about to mention that. Do they fucking really? Sorry. And I'm it, really excited. And his reveal is... Per- I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it. Is perfect. Do that not try to get that spoiled. If you, you can avoid spoilers okay. on it, okay. it's his reveal is to avoid. I'll watch that motherfucker this weekend. Yeah. It was that. No, I'm just kidding. I hadn't even seen it. And then my final one, which is kind of weird if I went spirited. He's married to Ralphie's brother. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> his brother wasn't really in it that much. He was a fucking weirdo. Yeah, pretty much. Way. He was a weirdo he in this he one. He married the waitress from the Chinese restaurant. <laughs> yeah, the movie. Uh, <laughs> my final honorable mention is going to be Violent Night. That's one with uh, David Harbour, right? Yeah. Okay. He's honestly my favorite cinematic Santa now. Nice. That's fucking cool. Yeah. It, like, it starts out with him in a bar in London because he's having downtime. He's finished up Europe and everything, so he's having a couple drinks. There's, like, a mall Santa there talking to him, and they're kind of exchanging war stories. That's amazing. He's kind of cynical. He's just like, I hate these greedy kids. This is this just uh, this just sucks. And it leads to him leaving, going upstairs, and the bartender going like, what the hell is he doing? Well, oh, I can't have a jumper. She follows him up. He's taking off in the sleigh and reindeer. She's like, what the hell am I saying? And he proceeds to puke on her. <laughs> because he's... Fabulous. Yeah. There's so many different aspects to it. And the cool thing it's about... Like the Santa Claus meets bad Santa. That's oh, yeah. Amazing. But this is a good Santa, though. Because, like, that's exactly it. Like... Any violent Christmas movies in the past, or mm-hmm. any cynical Christmas movies, Santa's a dick. Yeah, let's not forget Bill Goldberg. Yeah, Santa Slay. Mm. This one, he he's better and everything, but he still knows he has to be there for the kids. He has That's the naughty and nice cool. list, where like the girl's house is being home invaded and everything, and he checks it. She's on there and has a laundry list of nice, and he's like, "I'll help you. I'm gonna we'll get this figured out," and then proceeds from there. And seriously, I'm going to flat out spoil some shit right now. No, don't. No, no, no. No, I got to. Fuck. I don't want to ruin this for him. Let me leave the room. Leave the room. I knew I should have taught you sign language. Okay. It doesn't work for fuck all on a podcast, but still. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Throughout the movie, he's trying to do his magic and everything, and it's not working, like touching his nose to go up the chimney. Mm-hmm. During the final battle, 
between him and John Leguizamo, they get to like an outdoor fireplace. And John Leguizamo's like, I'm going to finally kill Christmas. And Santa's like, not if you believe. And does the nose thing. And proceeds to become a spirit. Shoots up through the chimney. John Leguizamo does not become a spirit. He pulls him all the way through. Proceeds to stand on top of the chimney. Just basically with a torso in his hand. Throws it down. Jesus. I'm sitting there like, motherfucker. That's fucking amazing. <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> That's fucking amazing. I can't wait to see that. Yeah. Holy shit. You can come back in. Oh, he did come back in. <coughs> oh, he did be. <laughs> is it safe? Yes. It is. Did you wash your hands? Is it safe? Okay, I I couldn't help it. I had to talk about it on here. Okay. So, if you listen to this episode, make sure you watch leave, the movie first. Leave, leave when you leave. Nice. <laughs> Get out of my own car. <laughs> okay, so now it's the <laughs> over. La, 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 la. Are you okay, buddy? Oh, la, 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 I'm la. I, gotta, I can't listen to this part I listened to before. I'm good, officer. Thanks. Uh, okay, uh, we talked about this before. I'm going to reemphasize it right now. We're about to spoil some shit. Okay. Um, there's different things. Luckily, somebody just now recently saw a movie we're definitely going to be talking about. Absolutely. So right now, I'm giving you the last out. Spoilers are ahead. We are about to talk about our top five favorite movies of 2022. And we'll go ahead and start with our number fives. Who wants to go first? Um, I'll go ahead and start. Um, my number five is um, a movie that was actually filmed in 2020, had done festival circuit for a long time, um, but never found distribution until 2022, um, which is kind of going to be the story of my number one as well. Um, the movie's called Dinner in America. Um, it stars um, Kyle Chandler. No, not Kyle Chandler. That's... The early edition guy? Yeah. No. Friday Night Lights? <laughs> right? No, it's Kyle Gallner. Um, Veronica Mars. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So, and then I, uh, Emily Skeggs, I think is, I, I, I know Skeggs is her last name. I can't remember if her name is Emily or Emma. Um, but she plays a very, very, like, awkward, could be perceived to be on the spectrum a little bit, you know, um, um, girl. Um, and he is a punk rock guy and he is like anarchy punk rock guy. So Ooh. he's all about like, you know, he's so less Ramones, more he, Sex Pistols, Dead Kennedys. Exactly. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Black you know. flag rolling. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The more yeah. angry punk. Yeah. Germs kind of thing. Yeah. Not, not so, yeah, not, yeah. Exactly, angry punk. That's probably the best way to describe it. I love that it. we just took a moment to run down our our, our knowledge of fucking punk, punk, punk rounds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 70s punk bands. So, um, well, anyways, he's on the run from the cops. Um, as punks were. As punks were. He ends up, she ends up lying to a cop, saying she doesn't know where he is, even though he was, like, way up on a fire escape. They end up, you know, becoming friends, and he basically is trying to, like, kind of, say like you're weird as fuck but you're punk as fuck then you find out that this band that she really wants to see that she's obsessed with it's actually his band but he wears a mask while he's on stage oh shit so you find out that she's in love with him and then throughout the movie he starts kind of falling for her as well and it's it they're just they're both very awkward people and stuff and and said so, but it's it's a nice coming of age kind of love story um 
kind of set in like this really gross punk universe kind of thing. I love that it's like a um, dark Nick and Nora's Infinite playlist. Yeah, exactly. That's the, what I was thinking. The yeah, cast and the cast cool. the cast list is 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 not as stacked as as you would think. Really, kind of the prime the prime person from the movie is only in the beginning. It's Leah Thompson is in oh. is in it, but oh. she's only in the first. She's she's in like three scenes. In like the first half hour, right, and then her character's gone. The rest of everybody else is recognizable, but isn't somebody that you could pick out of a Golden Globe party. So they're working actors. Just, they're just not household. They're names not paparazzi actors. Yeah. yeah, they're just they're the ones who collect the paycheck and go home. That's kind of funny. You know, so it, it's really good. Uh, the soundtrack is also really good. That's me. Yeah, there is a, a song in it called Watermelon that is a, an original song for the movie sung by the actress and written by the actress who is not a singer or songwriter at all. Cool. She wrote it from the perspective of that character because in the movie she writes poetry and sends it to him. And so fucking rad. Yeah. So okay, it's, I definitely got to check yeah, it it's, out. It's really, really good. It's really, really good. Well, where is it I available? Just, uh, any, any digital any, nice. di- any digital download, it is not on any streaming service yet, but every digital download place has it, and I believe the physical media of it for it came out in the fourth quarter of 2022. So okay, I think there cool. is physical media now at this point. Because I know some of our listeners are physical I media people. I love that we're seeing more stuff like that with characters. Like we just saw in Wednesday, uh, where she choreographed her whole dance sequence and things like that. They're and giving they actors... Freedom. Yeah, yeah, again, yeah. yeah. Freedom to contribute, um, and I, I think that's fucking phenomenal. Uh, uh, before we get to the next one, um, I do have to point like how you just mentioned a really small but awesome movie. Yeah, and I talked about it earlier. Uh, like my list, I have no superhero movies on. <laughs> yeah, and it's nothing against what was released this year. A lot of amazing stuff. <coughs> Swallowed my spit and almost died. Right. I don't know what happened. This is very weird. You're old. There's a lot of amazing stuff that was released this past year, um, and it's a given that I love them. Yeah. But I love my small movies more. There's something about being pleasured, so to speak. There's something about being pleasured visually. Go on. And something about being pleasured. But say it slower. Say it slower. <laughs> but there's something about being pleasured oh. emotionally. Fuck am I going to finish this with a phone or not? Well, if you give me me two more minutes, I can definitely finish it for you. I'll go with my number five next. Okay. Uh, Mine uh, was released right at the end of 2022. A Man Called Otto. Oh, you're not even kidding. That was like 10 days before the end of 2022. Yeah. Well, this list was kind of hard, though, too. Seven minutes ago. Yeah, pretty much. Um, (laughs) As Kim put it, it's basically Tom Hanks with a cat. How can you go wrong? Exactly. But the... uh, Tom Hanks with a cat? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But they're like basically again, pitch man. Yeah, you know what's better than Tom Hanks with a volleyball? Tom Hanks with a fucking cat. Oh yeah. Um, but his wife recently passed away in the movie and everything, and he's trying to come to grips with it. Motherfucker! For a second, I was all Rita Wilson. What? Oh, I know. Like, what the fuck? I just found out about Lisa Marie Presley. We're gonna cross that bridge shortly, probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, but. As he's trying to come to terms with it, because there's a lot that does not get shown in the trailer, and I'm not going to say it here because I want the same gut punch we got when we saw it. Okay. Um, his life is kind of invaded by his friends and his complex, and it's just kind of him coming to terms, but also like figuring out what's next. 
Okay. And I, mean, I want to know where you're going with this, and, and I, I have I've said this to many a people. I'm just going to assume. You don't have to confirm or deny. Yeah. But many people who have experienced great loss and the flood of stop, stop talking to me about shit. Yeah. Stop trying to remind me of things. Stop trying to make me feel better. Yeah, just leave stop me the fuck alone. Stop trying to say things. Yeah. I don't want to hear I'm sorry anymore. Yeah. That. There's a lot of that. And then, like, the one thing I did notice with this movie, and the same thing I've said about Robin Williams in the past, and it really holds true with Tom Hanks. And this is not any knock towards this movie. It's just Tom Hanks as an actor. It could be, like, a low-grade, mediocre movie. You put Tom Hanks in it, it's going to elevate it. And this was already a good movie, period. Mm-hmm. The story... It's a remake of a movie from Finland that was based on a book from Finland. Rita Wilson and Tom Hanks got their hands on the rights to the movie and remade it here, and they did a great job, and this movie was excellent. Okay. Yeah. So So it's a coming of a second age tale. Yeah. Best way to describe it. So my number five is Man Called Otto. I think it's great because um, I, I love when they take the perspective of a grieving person, if that's... Again, I'm assuming. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and try to go from there. And movies rarely capture how difficult it is to just hear the day-to-day shit. And how you just fall apart at the weirdest fucking moments. Because you, you get angry at everything. You feel like you're not supposed to be there that yeah, day. Yeah. It's, that's, I can't, that's fucking cool. You sold me on that. So, yeah. I can't wait to see it. Cool. What's your five? Uh, my number five is Marcel the Shell with shoes on. Nice. I'm sure I fucking said that correctly. I think you did. the shell with shoes on. So it started out as an internet short. Yeah. Um, Jenny Slate. Yeah, Jenny Slate. And um, it was genuinely... You know when you go to a movie and you just haven't... Like, we haven't seen in a long time a movie that was just warm and heartfelt and moving. I think of, like... Um, the Artist. Yes, or... Um, for me, it was like a, a Serbian film. Beautiful day. Sophomore. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, beautiful day in neighborhood. Beautiful Perfect day in choice. neighborhood was such a. It wasn't just a, a biographical look into Fred Rogers' life, but it, it made you feel like you were being hugged by Fred Rogers. And this this was one of those things that was just it, it had it had heartfelt moments and and struggle and. It just, it paid off so well. And and the whole thing is it's basically Marcel the Shell and um, his dad, they, they, or maybe it's mom. I'm fucking forgetting this one. Jesus Christ. Do what you can. Anyway. Like we're um, ever accurate on the show. Are we, yes. re- are we really trying to no, determine it's, it's the sex more, of a shell? Yes, because it... it hey, pays, I've seen some shells with no, huge gra- cocks. No, I'm sorry. I take it back. It's his grandmother. Um, but their last remaining shells, um, there was this, this move that occurred, and it was this couple to live together and had this shell collection, and they basically separate angrily, and Marcel and his grandmother are trying to reunite with them. So they're like, these are our friends and family. And so it's this amazing journey, and it becomes this viral sensation, um, and they, they go on this pursuit and everybody's trying to help out, and they're like, hey, I think I know who this is. And they only have little tidbits and stuff like that. And it just has this beautiful payoff in the end where you see, you know, they, they kind of go through and they're like, wait, is, is this what's going on? And it's shot in a documentary type style. And, you know, wait, are they here? Are they here? Can we find them? You know, and sure enough, they do. And they're reunited, and it's just, 
it is 100% a movie that gives you hope and has you pay off with a very, very warm, happy ending, which is nice. something that so many directors and films have tried to depart from. And I love the fact that it comes together so well. And it was just a sleeper thing. We sat in the theater and the kids sat with me in there and just... We were just mesmerized by this film. So I 100% recommend, if you if you get a chance, check out Marcel the Shell with shoes on. Cool. Yeah. Well, you know, go ahead and roll into your four. <sighs> okay. Dipping back into the Tom Hanks pool, uh, you're right. He does make every film better, but he was actually overshadowed in my number four, which was Elvis. Which, by the way, uh, as of this recording, we just... R- got the notifications on our phone that Lisa Marie Presley has passed away. Yes. Um, which is horribly, horribly sad. Yeah. Um, this movie gives you such a take on not only Elvis's life and the struggles that he went through, it literally opens with him collapsed in Las Vegas, and he's on the floor, and uh, Colonel Parker, uh, which is uh, played by Tom Hanks, it masterfully and sinister in every way shape and form he barks the order I don't care what you do I don't care what you get in him but he's going on that stage get him up and for years this is where we started this is the first artist that we started with where they had a personal doctor that came in and prescribed him pills because a lot of people remember Elvis as like fat Elvis at the end you know like he was really heavy the span of time that it took him to go from you know a little heavier you know just age but from that point to the heavy set Elvis you see on stage, um, right before his death, is so small. It's so small. And it's 100% from all the shit that was being pumped into him. Um, so it goes from the perspective of Colonel Tom Parker going through and discovering Elvis and manipulating him into doing everything that he wants him to. And Austin Butler... And I, this, I feel bad for him because Austin Butler did what Joaquin Phoenix did. Got so involved in the role that for a span of time, and it's going to last for a while, he became Elvis, or he became Johnny Cash. And he just can't seem to... Every time I hear him speak, it, he sounds like he's still in the role. Yeah, to this day, you still catch him talking yes. like Elvis. Yeah. yeah, And he wasn't too far off in the beginning anyway, but... When he goes through, there's a couple of interviews where he talks about how he became Elvis from the 50s to the 60s to the 70s up to his death, you know. And um, it's just a an amazing film. And rightfully, you know, as far as the Golden Globes go, I will say, I think it's very fitting that Austin Butler received a Golden Globe for his performance in this. Um, if he receives no other accolade, because I think it's going to go very different in the Oscars. Yeah. Um, very, very different at the Oscars. Um, the Hollywood Foreign Press has an issue with one of our guys. Yeah. And I, I think you're probably right. He's he's going to be the one that ends up winning it, but we'll get to that later. Yeah. Um, but Austin Butler did a phenomenal job as Elvis Presley. Um, mannerisms, the voice, there's songs that he sings on there. And Baz Luhrmann really gives you that whole visual. There's genuine moments of outrage where you see... Elvis's roots in blues and how he, you know, people are like, well, he stole that. No, that was his inspiration. Where you see the area that he grew up in, it's literally in the ghetto. You know, he, he lived in these small homes. In the ghetto. Exactly. <laughs> uh, he lived in these small homes, and he was the only white boy in an area of all African-American families. 
And so he came up going to Martin Luther King's church. He grew up listening to some of the greatest blues artists of that day. He was huge friends with B.B. King. Um, you know, got to meet some of the greatest, uh, performed Chuck Berry. Like, he met Chuck Berry, you know, and, and in his times in Beale Street in Memphis. And um, it's just a phenomenal take on there where you realize that it's not so much uh, cultural appropriation on his behalf, which you hear a lot of throughout history, but more of a tribute to the roots that he came up in oh, yeah. as well. Cultural appreciation. Yes. Yeah. Yes, That's a good way to but put it. But if you want to see Tom Hanks as an incredible villain who, even if he allowed it to happen, was willing to stay enough in the background to let Austin Butler shine as Elvis, he's 100% the renaissance man of Hollywood. So my number four is probably on everybody's list because... Well, I know you guys. Um, weird. The, oh, yeah. the Al Yankovic story. That was my number two. Uh, it will be as soon as I get to fucking see it. Ah. Oh. Yeah. It, I just... I, I, it was so damn good. I... I... My biggest takeaway from... Not takeaway, but my biggest thing about the movie is I love the fact that the guy who is known for parody songs made a parody biopic and that's as soon as they announced it i was like oh he, they uh, they're they're gonna do something with this oh yeah it's... and then they announced daniel redcliffe playing weird al i'm like okay yeah okay and i remember watching the trailer for the first time i freaking teared up because i was like this is what this yeah. needs to the be the only thing the only the only critique i would give it and, and it's even it's such a minor critique I would have appreciated Daniel Radcliffe's vocals for Weird Al. Yeah. For Weird Al's songs. I get why, because it's a financial thing, sure. you know, and it's it's budget and stuff. I get why Al did the Al vocals on the songs. And the key thing with that, it, I don't know if you know this, he re-recorded all the songs. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. I know that. It uh, wasn't like... You had told me that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just, I would have liked, I would have liked to hear, and I, maybe they'll release it someday if he even did it at all, but I I don't think he did. I would have liked to have heard a take of at least a couple of the songs from Daniel Radcliffe. But then the thing is, though, is he might not be that great of a singer. Yeah, he can rap, but I don't, he he did practice the accordion a lot because it got to one point where like Alan, the director was telling Daniel, like, don't worry about it. You don't have to be perfect on it. But Daniel wanted to make sure. I mean, that's just who he is as a person. Yeah, yeah. and that's, I mean. And I, I like you that. like you talked about how it, was, how it was like, okay, this is going to be a parody of a bio movie. And like there's chunks in the movie where you're like, okay, I know Al's life. So that little piece is true. Like yeah. the opening where there's a door to door accordion salesman. That is true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and his parents got him lessons and everything. Yeah. His dad did not beat the shit out of the guy. Yeah. Is that beats the shit out of the yeah. door-to-door accordion salesman? <laughs> Thomas Lennon. Well, we know yeah. that that's not true because his grandfather is Actually, a... that's not true. What? He's not related to that guy. Really? Yeah. That's a... I don't know if it's a Mandela or urban legend or anything, but he's not it's related. It's got to be an urban legend because he, I've heard... He's not related to the Ian Quebec. <gasps> you just shattered my... Yeah, but, there, but you put a fucking a kind of pebble in the windshield of my yeah. My apologies, reality. but wait until you watch this movie. Fog it's gonna fuck with more of your reality too, because this is gonna be a spoiler. But it is something so fucking hilarious that they thought of it that spoiling it only helps it. Okay. 
He releases Eat It before Beat It as an original song. Michael Jackson steals, steals his. Yeah, he, he's, at, he's at dinner with Madonna. Mm-hmm. He gets a phone call where his manager tells him, like, yeah, you remember the kid from the Jackson 5? Yeah, Michael Jackson. He, he just released a parody of your song, Eat It, called Beat It. Is it about food? And just proceeds to just start banging the phone against the counter. Just that going, is that son of a bitch! Yeah, it's, so, ah! it's so good. That man. is amazing because I remember how much Michael loved... The fact that he was going to parody his stuff. I was reading. I was reading an article about about Weird Al, about the movie, and in the movie they talk about the 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 ink of it, and it's true. It is. There are that that if Weird Al parodies a song, statistically there is an uptick in sales of the original song or album that it's based off of. Chameleonaire, who made Ride and Dirty, Mm -hmm. credits Weird Al with helping him get the Grammy. He says, I don't think I would have even been on anybody's radar with this song had Weird Al not parodied it, which brought attention to my song and got me the Grammy. And that's the, the thorough line between Madonna wanting to hook up with him. She wants the Yankovic bump. Yeah. And then she, oh my god. I Evan Rachel Wood. I, Evan Rachel Wood is amazing. So, yeah. She's so and, good. Everybody was cast perfectly in so this. Even awesome. there was... A sequence at Doctor Demento's pool party. Yep, where that you get was all the like, first introduction to weird. Cam- all the cameos and everything because you get everybody. You get Tiny Tim. Yep. You get uh, Gallagher. Conan O'Brien's playing Annie Warhol. Emo Phillips is playing uh, Salvador Dali. Fuck right off. Conan O'Brien was playing Andy Warhol. Yep. And That's uh, hilarious in the sense that how fucking tall Conan is and how diminutive. And then Jack Black <laughs> played Wolfgang Peterson. No, not Wolfgang Peterson. Wolfman Wolf, Jack. Wolfman, Wolfman Jack. Jack. Thank you. And yeah. then goddamn uh, right. That's Wolfman amazing. Yeah. Derek Dasmalchin. David Dasmalchin uh-huh. plays the basis of Queen. Oh, uh, uh, fucking John Deacon. Yeah, mm-hmm. but the way they roll with it, where everybody's like, "Who are you?" I'm the basis in Queen. They're like, okay. And it leads to the... I the, love that they, they clown it, Deaky uh, like that. That's well, hilarious. originally it was supposed to be Freddie Mercury, but the Queen was like, no. They yeah. Want parody. yeah. But, like I said, it's my number two. I fucking loved every moment of it. It was great. It was such a damn good movie. Oh, I wish I there was, like, sporadic theater screenings of it, like Alma Drafthouse did a screening. Mm. I was trying to he- move Heaven and Earth to be able to go to it. Yeah. Unfortunately, I was not able to. But I'm so glad Roku did what they did with it. Yeah. They gave a shot to a movie that probably not a lot of people would have. The only thing that sucks about the Roku stance on it that I've read is that Al begged them, begged Roku to release it to one theater that qualified it for an Oscar. But it had to be there for a week, though. Yeah. He begged them to let him do it, and they said no. They didn't want to. They didn't want to pay for it yeah so but he, it's getting it's like i follow al on uh twitter right it's getting nomination after nomination right now right no i, I yeah. agree he just he will he, not get nominated for an oscar yeah, i that's really wanted the, him to get that song writing right but that, it, which is why i'm saying like that's my one beef with roku oh, yeah. yes they took a risk in putting all this money into this movie yeah. something yeah. but they literally went here, we're going to get you 99% of the way, and then we're going to shoot you in the fucking head at the finish but line. But I almost guarantee how much, like, uh, like 
subscribers and everything they probably have gotten yeah. because of that movie, yeah. Al will have carte blanche to do whatever the hell he wants. Oh, yeah. No, he he's going to be able to walk in the office and slap his dick on the table and say, you know, give me this. I still say there needs to be a UHF series. Yeah, it just sucks that they stopped him from doing the yeah. one thing that was going to don't think him. I don't think it was any... It wasn't well. malice. Yeah. You know, it was, but, it was no. financials. But, Honestly, it should have just been like, look, let's roll the dice. Let's roll the dice on it. Because Weird Al's mindset on the whole thing was probably like, look, let's just put it in there for a week, see what happens. If it fucking gets nominated, how crazy would that be? That, oh, yeah. which is funny, because one, because one of the movies on my list, which we haven't talked about, has no place whatsoever even breathing the same air as an Oscar statue, the studio and the filmmaker submitted the movie for, for Best Picture for Oscars. Outstanding. We'll get that out in a moment. Yeah. <laughs> you, have but, uh, you have to big dick it sometimes. Yeah. I like so, it. that was your four and my two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, so, you're still on your four. My four is the Bob's Burger movie. See, that would go... That If I was to pick a movie that I had saw that would have been on my bad movies list, even though I don't consider it a bad movie i just didn't like it well we talked about this off mic right so i don't really think it would even go near a worse list it just it didn't no, prefer it just, it. i just i just didn't prefer it i it loved was, the but plot. you didn't prefer it visually though see that but see that's the thing i loved the plot loved the music the visuals drove me so insane that I don't watch the movie because of that even though i like the plot i love the songs I cannot get behind the visuals. The visuals are so jarring for and me. And after we talked about that leading into now, I was thinking about it. I do agree with you. There is a jarring thing to it. To me, though, the reason it's four on my list and just, fuck, it's Bob's Burgers. Yeah. I love the, that stuff. And as soon as they announced that they were doing a movie, I, I kind of was like, oh, God, it's too soon. It's too soon. It took Simpsons fucking forever to do their first movie. Yeah. I was thinking, like, what are they going to do here? And we started getting word on, like, plot. And it was like, Oh, they're taking a page out of Simpsons books. They're just doing a long episode. Yep, a with a shit ton of music that yeah. is awesome music. Yeah, it's it it, it has. So is it the animation style? That it is one. No, it, it is not like, even the animation style because the characters do like the overall. If you were to if you were to pick the the style. Okay. <laughs> if you were well, to, if you were to do the style, yes, the style is the same in as much as they look the same. Right. It's kind of cranked up. It's kind of. Elevated. It's three. Di- they 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 make it three, three dimensional, dimensional versus two dimensional. Yeah. They put in cinematic lighting, where there's shadows and the lights change, and there's and there's and there's rack focus and things like that. That was my problem. Yeah, they kind of just cranked an episode eleven visually, which yeah. is good for what they were doing. Because if they would have just done just their normal animation right. I think it would have got lost in the shuffle and maybe even Fox slash Disney maybe been like you know what let's just go ahead and just toss this in streaming because so, with everything that's gone on pandemic wise and just the yeah. world of streaming and everything it, it, it would have been easy for them just to dump it on streaming and the fact that they allowed it to go into theaters right. and it did well because the budget was decent enough where they didn't have to blow the roof off of a theater but just still do well and they did so do you think it did, it, like, are you kind of on board with him where they did a disservice by no. not doing it? My personal opinion, they did it for a reason. Uh-huh. Like, I do agree with him. It is a little jarring where it's like, wow, that does look kind of weird. But to me, it wasn't jarring enough to be like, oh, God, no. And see, my stance is my stance. Sure. Yeah. So 
I know that people loved it because it, it did. It made a lot of money, and right. people have talked about it. And they did it right. And it, it could have been a shitstorm. And I and I and I can see why they changed the visuals. I a hundred percent can see why. Our show is this. This is not our show. This is our movie. So it's different. Well, and even I, look I at the that. Simpsons movie. Yeah. The animation from a regular episode to the Simpsons movie, they cranked it up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I just I just didn't get behind it, but that. That is why I didn't include it in like a worst list or anything like that because it's judged on my tastes, yeah, not yeah. my opinion. Right, right. You know. So, so I guess just to keep rolling, um, from my four, we'll go to my three, which is gonna be kind of a tonal shift, going from Bob's Burgers to the Well. <laughs> okay, so I mentioned before that. The Hollywood Foreign Press has a very strong fucking issue, and Brendan Fraser. You know, Brendan Fraser has a strong fucking issue with them. Like they, they don't. They yeah, Mr. President got a little handsy with him. Yeah, they yes. Um, and those fucking articles talking about like, oh, he's protesting. Um, yeah. Yeah, I like too. Like if you got assaulted by a family member, you're not exactly going to go to your family reunion. But I think that will be severely vindicated come Oscar. Every other award show. Yeah, every other award uh, is going to go to Brendan Fraser. Yeah. Um, like in just the limited script, or uh, uh, clips that I've seen, holy fucking Oh, God. wow. Just wait until you see it. Like, the tone is, like, set on Jump Street. Like, within the first moments of the movie, Brendan Fraser is jerking off the gay porn and having chest pains. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. And a uh, missionary is at his door that has to come in and help him out. <laughs> yeah, but um, it's very interesting. It's based on a play, okay. which I didn't even know existed until we saw the credits and everything. Guy, so. Yeah, and we just started, everybody started like seeing trailers and different pictures of Brendan Fraser in the movie. And it's like, okay, what the fuck are we getting into here? You find out very fast in this movie because... The makeup is, for a small movie like this, I would say probably a large chunk of the budget, unless they got some people doing some pro bono work. I know that he is much heavier right now, currently. Not that heavy. But not that heavy. Yeah, this is morbid yeah. obesity yeah, like on display. Pounder. Yeah, and they show him. Like, he's, he has like his shirt off at one moment, and they have him in a shower. Yeah. Like, cleaning up and everything. You're like, holy crap, and I read... After me and Kim saw it, like, how the suit was made and everything was, like, 3D printing, like, doing mocap and everything, like, to get the makeup perfect. Wow. And he even said, like, after days of filming with everything on, after he took it off, it, he almost had, like, a vertigo situation because all that weight being taken off, his body was just, like, a whole new skin, basically. Yeah. And, like, Brendan Fraser aside, because he, he he's stellar. He, like, it's Brendan Fraser... Basically being Brendan Fraser, but also to such a tragic character mm-hmm. where you're watching this guy just self-destruct. Yeah. And then you see these people around him. Like, he has a friend that is also a nurse that comes in and helps him, uh, played by Hung Chow, if I remember her name correctly. She plays Liz. She was stellar. She was amazing in this movie. She's connected to his previous life with his boyfriend who passes away, and then she's they're helping him through this crap where she's just watching people self-destruct around her and just there's so much to say about the movie but also to 
there's not a lot because it's such a small movie. It takes place in one location in his apartment. Yeah. There's nothing outside of the apartment or anything so like that. So they're stuck true to the, the play yeah. stuff. Yeah. You know, like yeah. Keeps it and the one thing I did notice in one of the main reasons I'm going to need to rewatch it again, leading to the end, pretty much every scene, there's rain. And then you get to the end, and it's the first like amount of sun shown. I wonder if that's like an emotional... I almost guarantee it. Okay. Okay, yeah. cool. But, um, yeah, if you haven't checked out the trailer for The Well, definitely check it out. Um, if you can watch it, if you're, it's not one of those movies you're going to be like, let's watch The Well. <laughs> you're going to want to be like, okay, let's see what everybody's talking about with this movie. Do a double bill of The Whale and Schindler's List? Yeah. Or do a double bill of The Whale and Bob's Burgers. Kind of palate cleanser. Jeez. Now, do you do Bob's Burgers first and then The Whale? No, I, the I would do The Whale first and do Bob's Burgers. Kind so of, kind, of, kind of the reverse of... See, what's funny is my number my number three would be a funny double bill with The Whale. Well, segue. <laughs> All right, here we go. What's your three? Uh, so, I'm not even just going to... Ba- I'm not even going to try to, like, build up. Uh, Terrifier 2. I'm not okay. surprised. Okay. So, do you are, do you know of Terrifier? I, is this the one with the clown? Yeah, Art the okay. Clown. Okay. Yes. So, for those of you unaware, Terrifier is, uh, it's now at this point going to be basically a franchise. Um, started off, uh, Art the Clown started off as a small one-off character in a, in a, um... All Hallows Eve. Yeah, I'm trying to, what's the word I'm looking for? Short film, uh, anthology? Anthology, thank you. It's an anthology short film called All Hallows Eve, and he's one of the main characters in it. And then they made another movie with him as the main character. He's a he's a killer. Obviously. Silent clown. Silent clown. Mm-hmm. And his name's Art. Terrifier one. Super low budget in the you know and well I remember follows. seeing Art popping up. Uh, I never really, really knew about what it was. Yeah. I just saw the clown. I'm like, what the fuck I, is everybody this? Everybody just told me like, man, if you want to see some seriously fucking gory scenes. So that's that's yes, yeah, gonna say is Terrifier one suffered from the same thing as all other indie horror movies. Not that great as far as production design. Right. You know, very, very weak as far as that kind of very low light, you know, kind of thing, mm-hmm. just because you don't have the budget for it. But the effects are amazing. And they if this movie costed if Terrifier Two costed a hundred million dollars, which it didn't, but if it did, if it costed a hundred million dollars 98 million of that was spent on the effects. Just wait until you hear about the budget and what they're doing right now with 2. Yeah, Terrifier Terrifier 2 was so gory and the effects were so amazing, but it's not the and the effects are very realistic. But not to the point of realistic where you feel like you're watching what you called it when we were texting about a snuff film. It's not. You it's very much an exploitation film. Yeah. Not a snuff film. Art still maintains that, doesn't talk, you know, in this movie. They include a character from his own head. So now we have the evil character and another character on top of that of a little girl who's also in clown makeup. And then there's a whole plot line with a family involved and everything. But the effects on it are amazing. The actor, David Howard Thornton, who plays Art the Clown, very, very good in his miming oh, yeah. and, 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 and makes Did you watch the, um, the Q&A from uh, Spawn Castle Cinema? No. 
they talked about his audition. Okay. And he was, they did, they like had the director and some of the actors there, and then some of the people were zooming in, and he, the guy that played Art yeah. zoomed in. And basically his audition was, they wanted him, walk. we want you to walk in the room, act like you're cutting someone's head off, and you're a clown. And this guy's a trained mime. Yeah. He goes in and does it, cuts head off, Taste the blood, and everybody's like, "Okay, yeah." He's yeah, like, that's the thing too. Is is his character, this Art the Clown character, isn't just a killer. And then there, there's his his character has a personality beyond just psycho killer clown. He 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 has a like you almost learn a lot about this character without him saying a damn thing, and and he you do find out in between one and two that his coming back in number two is a completely supernatural element okay they don't even they don't even hide that yeah they, like they at the end of one he's pretty much annihilated yeah and they and and he comes back at the end of one but you don't know how they don't explain it in number two but what's happening is in the background you see crazy lights and you hear wind whoosh so obviously something supernatural is going mm-hmm. on so they're, so now they're opening the door for Art the Clown to become the next Michael Myers, Jason Voorhees, you know, Leatherface. Okay. okay. And people in the horror community are embracing it and loving it, and well, he. Oh, I, I'm sorry. I, okay. uh, um, at the Q and A and everything, uh, they discussed the effects. Like how yeah. we were talking about it, as some movies were like victim of the pandemic. This movie was helped because they had an original. If I remember correctly. It was originally shooting before the pandemic. Yeah, so. and they were able to go back and reshoot some stuff to make it just crank up that gore dial or even, like, amp up the effects. Just be able to go, oh, we, maybe we can do this instead of that. Yeah, they had the time, which was help. And I, and I from the effects standpoint, obviously over the top. You know, as much as, like, everything is, you know, because you have to. With an exploitation film, you have to be a bit over the top. Um, it's just part of the nature of it. Having watched real gore in my life, having watched real gore videos, whoever the head of makeup on this was has also watched real gore videos because there were two kills in there specifically that matched what that shit looks like in real life. Oh, that's I was like, but that's yeah. The, see, that's the part that gives me like, but, like okay. First of all, I'll tell you, I'm not going to tell you which part it is. So I you're read not the gonna, list. You're not going to know. But see, that's the thing. You know what happens, but you don't know which thing I'm referring to looks like the thing. That's well. Are, are, are you set on your stuff? I wanna, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like uh, the one thing to definitely point out, and this is the shit I love about small movies that jump big. Like, the budget for Terrifier 2 was shoestring. Yeah, it was so minuscule. And I believe they did uh, crowdfunding towards some parts of it. Uh, it was crowd. I believe the crowdfunding was for the Terrifier 1 DVD release. Which but as I remember correctly, I think in the Q&A, they brought it into... Yeah, they used two. part of it for Terrifier 2. As of as that... that key- the hacksaw scene in Terrifier 1? Mm-hmm. No, the hacksaw yeah, okay. scene in Terrifier 1 is so over the top that it's unbelievable. But that one, because of the brutality of it, because of the very nature of the kill being practically impossible to pull off, they do a lot of the push in on her skin and show the blood drop kind of oh, stuff. Okay. So, so that scene, there's not... They they do show the entire process of her sawing him, him sawing her in half. Mm-hmm. They cut away a bunch of times, and then eventually they cut back, and she's in half. In Terrifier two, they don't cut. They can now show these entire kill sequences, which are 
amazing. But the thing about the budget, like it's shoestring and everything, I just want to make sure I, we get this out because yeah. it, it's an amazing fact. And this is the type of show I love, like when it comes to like Big Fat Greek Wedding, how it was this little movie yeah, that exploded. Good. As of right now, as of that Q and A, they made their budget back three hundred percent. Yeah. The well, that's yeah. fucking amazing. And when I said that there was a movie that has no reason to be anywhere near the Academy Awards, this is the this one. This is the one they submitted. And that's, the best. I give them credit for they that because they're just like, "Fuck it, we did it. Let's do this." Because they're obviously not going to get nominated. They know this. But what other story is going to generate buzz on the internet for three hours? In but a day? also, too, like it gets them on the Oscar radar. It could get them a makeup nomination. Oh, 100 percent. It yeah. could be like the Academy could be just like. We can get some press on this one. Yeah. It doesn't mean they'll win, but yeah. still. And just have and have the director go with the guy that played art and be like, put the makeup on. Let's go. Yeah. But, um, yeah. And also, too, the discussion me and uh, Doug had about the movie, because I went and saw a double feature of Creature from the Black Lagoon and found the opera. Yeah. And as I was watching Creature from the Black Lagoon, I'm like, how the hell did we go from this Creature from the Black Lagoon where basically it's killing people by hugging them mm-hmm. and wrestling on them? <laughs> And I mean, like, wrestling, not really, like, brutally, it's like, yeah, to Terrifier. So, I just finished, I just finished this, this art class that I took, and it was, uh, um, film as an art form, uh, Art 104. VVC? Yes. I took that class. Um, the teacher is fucking phenomenal, just an amazing guy, just passionate about his films. And what I discovered was, when you... The year that Talkies finally came out, when you went from silent picture to spoken word, you had the jazz singer, uh, I believe it was 1927 or something like yeah. that. Yeah. So from that moment to when Frankenstein, which was wildly acclaimed for what it did, that's 1927 to 1931. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it. Like that span of time from mil- from films going from silent pictures and being grainy and, and having all these things to to developing sound. I mean, they literally used to put a microphone behind a flower pot and the sound would change depending on where the oh, person yeah. was standing, you know, to getting into this portion of it. And I remember people talking about, like, one of Bill Cosby's famous things was talking about how terrifying Frankenstein was. And he never watched Fat Albert run so damn fast. You know, yeah. He was terrified of stuff like that. So when you jump to thinking of the creature from the Black Lagoon, for that time, was fucking horrifying to people. Because they're like, oh my god. That was kind of their jaws yeah. of the time. I what If I go swimming in this lake, what's going to fucking grab my leg? It, you know, it's going to sneak up and get me and hug me to death. You know, I kind of want to, I want us to kind of dive into that in either a series of episodes or just one episode of our, just trying to dissect ourselves. Oh yeah. The evolution from... A huggy creature from the Black Lagoon to a fucking sadistic, masochistic. Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna have to be multiple episodes. Oh, it's if gonna you have get to me be. talking about that, I'll take up a whole episode just myself. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. So we'll talking to, horror? Come yeah. on now. Yeah, we'll uh, have to do that over, you know, like, like an October. Two, yeah, two, three yeah. episodes, maybe. Yeah, make turn that into a Halloween thing. Yeah. So. Okay. Uh, so that was my number three. Nice. My number three was about as American as it fucking gets. Um,. I loved Maverick. See, so did that, I. That's scarier than Terrifier. See, I absolutely loved Maverick, and it would have been on my list yeah. had these other kind of more my style movies yeah. had not come out. You know, but 
Maverick was fucking amazing. I holy shit. I laughed because I saw a meme just the other day that said the most unbelievable and unrealistic scene in Maverick is seeing all these fucking like millennials and shit all know the words to Great Balls of Fire. Yeah. <laughs> That's fucking hilarious. Yeah. But that turns into where it seems like, okay, we're rehashing the same shit. It quickly turns into a very emotional... Like when when Maverick's there at the, at the bar and he's kind of thrown out. Um, he, sees he sees Rooster. He sees Rooster playing the song that he sang with his dad. And sang with Rooster when he was little by putting him up on the piano. There's that scene. They flash back to that a little bit. And you see that even though Maverick came to terms with Goose's death, he's never gotten past it. Oh, yeah. And as a result, he has overprotected Rooster through his career at the behest of Meg Ryan's character, who's no longer in the film. She's passed away as well, too. Spoiler alert, I don't fucking care. You already were warned. Yeah, we want um, But call us if you have an the issue. The attention to the minuscule detail when you find out that uh, you know his love interest in this, Penny, um, I'm trying to remember her last name, but anyway, she was the admiral's daughter that they mentioned in the first one, which is what gets him booted. You know, like he gets raked across the coals by his fucking captain of the aircraft carriers on, and he says, "And one high speed pass on an admiral's daughter." And he goes, Penny Benjamin? That's it. He goes, Penny Benjamin? He goes, eh, shut up. You know, like, mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yep. Well, it's Penny Benjamin. is back in this one. Yeah. And there's just this great... I, I, the, the, I've ranted and raved about Ghostbusters Afterlife, how it was a perfect sequel. It was a perfect follow-up to everything. Maverick followed right in that footsteps, and I think that's going to be the new Hollywood trend is we're going to get one last film from movies gone by, and they're going to try to follow this legacy formula. Okay, um, I'll be honest, I haven't seen the first one. Uh, I'll eventually see this one, I'm not sure. Um, but uh, how's, how's Val in it, Val Kilmer? Beautifully done. Because um, I love Val. His voice is pretty tore up. Yeah. All his, vo- the, his, vo- his voice is done by his son. Yeah. yeah, his voice um, in this movie is 100% it's hundred Yeah, it's his son. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the the sequence that they have together. Yeah. The way they. S- there was something. There was something in Tom Cruise's and Val Kilmer's eyes, and even in Harris. Yes. You know, there was something in these older actors' eyes as they're portraying these characters, telling the audience, "Hey." This may have been an 80s action movie heartthrob yep. thing, you know, but Maverick but it was a is a fucked up trauma victim. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Big Maverick guy. has PTSD coming out of his ass. Yep. And cannot get out of his own way. He's con- continuously fucking up his own shit because of that. And we've seen, and, and over the last 15 years, Tom Cruise has, has become... Stuntman Tom Cruise. Yeah. Everything about Tom Cruise now is about his action, all the crazy stunts he's doing. You know, minus the, you know all the talk about Scientology shit. Yeah. Everything about Tom Cruise as an actor is, hey, did you see that crazy stunt Tom Cruise did? Did you hear about that crazy thing Tom Cruise did? Mm-hmm. This movie showed that when you put Tom Cruise's name on something, 
You're putting an actor in that place. Oh, yeah. Tom Cruise acted the shit yeah. out of this movie. Fucking knocked out of the park. And, and one of the most phenomenal things that they incorporated into this film was instead of having phony cockpits and phony oh, yeah. know, fighter sequences, uh, they literally were in the cockpit. They were in the real position on the F-18s. And so they had to go through fighter training. They had to go through this intense physical training and how to breathe mm -hmm. through heavy, heavy G's. Um, yeah, they broke. They took the cam. They would take the camera and they actually dismount, dismantled pieces of the camera off to mount them into the cockpit yep. to be able. To, and then they would send the actor with the pilot. They would have their sides, and the actor would have the actor would be demonstrated how to turn the fucking camera on. Yeah. Yeah. The pilot would take off. And the director would just be sitting there going, well, see you in 40 minutes. And they would go, and they would have to get there. They would have to turn their own camera on. They'd have to slate it themselves. And then they had to act themselves. They nice. just, and Miles Teller did it. Yeah. Glenn Powell did Glenn it. Powell did All, every fucking actor in there. And from what I heard behind the scenes were a lot of the people that were chosen to accompany, like to who were to go along with this, Part of the reason that they'd wash out was because if they lost consciousness or something like that, like a, a normal, um, somebody trying to go through the fighter program, that's how they would weed them out. So a lot of these people would learn, like Miles Teller really learned how to breathe through that stuff, um, which gave the realism to Rooster doing that. You know, same thing with Bob. I fucking yeah. love Bob. Bob. Bob was great. <laughs> call yeah, his, Bob. His, call sign, his name's Bob, Bob and his call sign's call Bob. Sign's Bob. Hey, nice. And, uh, you know, they just... They did a phenomenal job of paying tribute to what was what came before, giving it some relevance now, and literally just dance along that edge of you guys are about to become relics because everything is going into the next generation of fighters and drones pilots, and yeah. pilots and all this stuff. And they did it. They even find a way to bring the F-14 back, which is fucking believable. And they bring it back yeah. by acknowledging that it's an old relic and generally considered a piece of shit yeah. now in flight terms. And so <laughs> when you see these sequences that are in there, it, it's just such a tremendously yeah. done film. It did. It, on it, every fucking level. Music, Lady Gaga and everybody who, who contributes to this, yeah. fucking beautiful soundtrack, beautiful visuals, great action sequences, and Tom Cruise acted the fuck out of this thing. If it gets, this is if, the best thing I've seen him do since goddamn Tropic Thunder. Well, I get to ramble like a motherfucker on that one. We both kind of did. Um, so I'll just jump into my number two and ramble a little bit about that one. Uh, mine is The Northman. I wanted to see that. I didn't get a chance to. Dude, let, let me just... I believe it's on Peacock. It, it's, uh, it's on... It's, definitely it's on, on HBO Netflix. Max. It's on Netflix. Oh, is it Netflix? Okay, yeah. then it's oh, everywhere. Then. Um, yeah. So... Let me just rattle off this fucking cast here. You got Alexander Skarsgård, Nicole Kidman, um, Ethan Hawke, Anna Taylor-Joy, uh, Willem Dafoe is in this fucking movie. It is... It is literally the telling of... It's Hamlet. It's basically Hamlet. His name's Hamleth. It comes from the... the um, uh, it, it comes from the Viking mythology of well, not the Viking mythology, but uh, Nordic, like Nordic mythology, sort of, um, of everything, and and it portrays um, Ethan Hawke, who is the father, um, and he's teaching his son how to become a man, and talks about you know like all this stuff, and, and he's married to Nicole Kidman, and his brother betrays him, 
strikes him down, and raises the family now with Nicole Kidman uh, while his son flees and swears on everything that, you know, like, I am, I am the... I'm the wolf, I will return, I will have my vengeance. And you get to see him come up, and he falls in love with basically the Ophelia-type character, which is Anna Taylor-Joy. They end up, you know, she you find out she's pregnant, um, but it follows this Norse mythology with the Valkyries and Valhalla, and it is, it is this amazing story of revenge and uh, lineage and you know, like uh, uh, familial bonds and, and, you know, how strong blood oaths were to the Vikings. And it is, it is dark, it is gritty, and it is so beautifully shot. Nice. It so looked that way in the trailer. It is phenomenal. Yeah. Um, so with, with that coming, coming so close to my number one, I'm really eager to hear what your number two was. It's weird. We already talked about it. Very anticlimactic. Yeah, I know. But I kind of like that I don't have to talk about it again. No, we should. Let's talk no. about it. No, we, 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 we dissected the crap out of it. What was the whole point of this? Some of it. No, I listened to old episodes of us doing this shit, and it becomes a freaking... Like, we talk about in-game at the beginning of the conversation, and at the end of the conversation, we're like, oh, we're going to talk about in-game again. Our in-game becomes our mid-game and our starting game. and Yeah, yeah. and I kind of dig the fact that we're not... Well then, fuck you, Josh. I'm gonna just. What was your number two? So my number two was this, you know, nice little obscure movie that you know from somebody that probably no one's really ever heard of. Um, Clerks three. Well, that's my number one. Motherfucker, that's my number one. Well, we're gonna be wrapping this up pretty quickly, aren't we? Hey, hey. all right. Okay, so first of all, none of us anticipated Clerks three coming out. I mean. Way back in, once we heard it was announced, yes. But uh, well, like in pre- 2012, none of us... Like pre-Heart Attack, there was rumblings of it. Yeah. Yes. The infamous dark Clerks 3 script. Yeah. That Jeff Anderson's like, no. Yeah. Which, from what I've read, kind of follows a little close. Like the original yeah. ending that he had for Clerks 3 in the dark version was very similar to this. Because... Yeah. Now, th- this is something that's very... Like, we're very in touch with because... We were there when it was announced. Oh, yeah. We happened to be at, uh, at LA Comic-Con mm-hmm. when it was announced. We when it was announced that Marilyn Gigliotti was going to be in there. We were talking to Marilyn Gigliotti, and she had to break loose for a little bit to go over and do her thing with Kevin Smith and all that stuff. And she tells the story of how they stood up on there, and they got ready to take the picture. And he goes, okay, on the count of three, one, two, three, say three and they all kind of look confused and realized oh fuck we're doing clerks three that's how she, that yeah that's, that's how, how she knew now. that she's going to be in yeah, it it was already the casting was already rolling yes like that was her cue that veronica is coming back and i'll jump into that scene right away <laughs> you I, can't put 37 in the movie that, like so the build up right. for that sequence alone i'm I was getting like nerdy glee going like yeah oh she's coming she's coming and yeah. her just busting through that door going you motherfucker you motherfucker yeah and uh, then like that very freaking sweet touching scene her, her talking to Dante in the car because I'll jump right into the thing that that really spooked me but gut punched me opening credits yeah. the in loving memory of Becky flyer yeah 
I was like, wait, what? Did that? I, I nudged him. I'm like, did you just fucking see that? Is Becky dead? Yeah. And they, they go, and they're like, oh, shit, we're in a different world. Yep. Watching Dante open up the store and go through that, and there's, you can clearly see there's no joy really left in him. It's just the same old routine. Yeah. Well, the joy is gone. Yeah. Well, and it's then when you see that, you understand why, and you're like, fuck. Holy fuck. Um, I see, even love what they did with Jay and Silent Bob in this one. But see, him doing that routine mm-hmm. in the morning with no joy is an immediate callback to Clerks 1. Yes. Yeah. And the ending of Clerks 2 with them looking nice and into the store as the camera's pulling back and then we eventually get to Kevin's mom. You know, and it's supposed to be nice and optimistic that they're going to run this and it's going to be great. That was a nice scene for the end of 2 but, because he had Becky. He had... But also, too, when they, when they are pulling back in that black and white, you can kind of see the realization... Like kind of drain them, right? Or no, like, I, oh god, we're still here. I agree. It's just going from introduction into store of, of newspaper, coffee, all that other mm-hmm. stuff. Clerks two ends with them owning the store and being a part of it, and Dante's got Becky, and then the next time we see this character, it is back to the beginning of where we were when we first got introduced to these people. Yeah, and then it's what the fuck happened. And then we find out it's because Becky's dead. Yeah. And everything that and goes And his child, that. too. Yeah. And yes. So, obviously, you know, when we talk about Randall's heart attack in this, this is mirroring Kevin Smith's life when he had his heart attack. Uh, his heart attack in without the day. mouth stuff. Yes, without the mouth <laughs> stuff. Um, when he had his heart attack in Glendale, um, doing Silent But Deadly. Yeah. Um, and... It was, he literally was the same thing. 80% oh, yeah. chance of dying. They did it, for, it was a Widowmaker. Um, the only every, thing that different was it was a female doctor in the movie. It's, yeah, a female Amy doctor. Versus, yes, and, which was great because they did so many Mandalorian references. Oh, yeah. And I was like, it's so fucking great seeing her do stuff. And she was phenomenal. Um, but watching, you know, the whole sequence of, of Randall talking about, I don't want to see anybody see my little dick and all that stuff. That's all Kevin oh, was yeah. worried about. I don't want anybody to see my dick. Please don't look at my dick. Um, you know, and, and then the, hey, listen, as far as medical terms are concerned, you're just pretty average. The journey that they go on with going to make a movie seemed like such a, a, a complete circle, and it was such a great way to, a great direction that just happened to be, and I know they talk about atheism so much, you know. And they uh, Elias' arc. Elias' arc. Where he's thinking he caused... Randall's heart attack it's and he so goes into Satanism. Funny. It's so fucking funny when he's like, sweet lord, please smite this <laughs> blasphemer and then fucking Randall has a heart attack and he's like, oh my god! Like he freaks out and then he prays to Jesus again while he's at the hospital to save him and nothing happens so then he swears fealty to fucking Satan right there on the spot. Even drops trout because he's like, fuck me in the ass Satan, like take my ass. Yeah. And everybody's like, what the fuck? Elias goes from 0 to 80 really fast. But watching his character arc from that moment in the hospital all the way to the end where he looks like goddamn Dracula with his giant fucking... With his giant talisman uh, talisman around his neck. And and blocked train coal train. gauntlet on his hand. Oh, my God. That was a great character arc. But, um, you know... Take your blood money, witch. One of the... (laughs) And I'm I'm gonna go on I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say that this is 
possibly the most personal peek into Kevin Smith's life and the most genuine thing. Next, you know, the clerks he really put it into with his life. I, I would honestly... I think this is the, the single greatest thing that he's ever written. Oh, yeah. I totally agree. Um, it's beautifully done when, when Dante and Randall have their fight and he's like, you don't fucking get it. I don't get my happily ever after. I live this life with you. You know, all it took was one drunk driver to take everything the fuck away from me. Everything the fuck away from me. Yeah. You know? And well, even like the sequence um, as they're prepping to film uh, movies. Mm-hmm. And you can see the dread hitting Dante. Yeah. 100%. And he just bolts. And then the fight. Yeah. Him showing up to the shoot drunk off his ass. Yep. And then drops. Yep. And they think it's a joke at first. And there is something... <laughs> I get a little choked up. Excruciating about watching Randall when Dante passes. Oh, yeah. And that whole sequence. His, his jaw goes slack and he slumps. And it was so fucking... Well, you're sitting there painful. watching that sequence. And he's Randall has his realization like, No, you, you, we're Chewie and Han. We're, this has never been... Yeah. I've never... It's been a buddy film. It's been that way since yeah. when they start showing them the movie. And then we cut to Dante sitting with Becky in the movie theater. Yeah. Watching it. And then he's just like, let's go. And as soon as he says, I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. And they get up and start walking. And I'm like... I think I... Sorry, I mean, I think I gotta go help her. I don't think she's gonna be able to do this. So, so guys, I know we try to bring some originality to this show. But I'm gonna have to phone it in on this one. I gotta go. Hey. Well, sometimes plans have to change because life kind of happens. Initially, the plan was to have Doug talk about his number one favorite movie of 2022 at this portion of the episode since he had to leave early. But like I said, life happens. Hopefully soon we'll be able to get you some audio of his choice because it's a great choice. Honestly, me and him both love small movies and I would like to expose the world to this choice. But for now, here's the rest of the episode. Me and Nick talking about Clerks 3. Back to the show. As soon as he said, let's go, yeah, I knew it. I was like, no, they're really going to fucking do this. Yeah. And, and then it, it happened. Yes. And it did. And, and seriously, when when Randall is like, no, 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 man, don't leave me. Don't yeah. leave me. You know, like, I don't know what to do without you kind of thing. And I was so fucking wrecked by that. Oh, yeah. Um. I was gonna, I was gonna make a kind of a reaction video and drive my eyes with my advanced directive. Yeah. Um, I thought that would have been a fucking really cute thing to do, but I was so engrossed by the the friendship in the film. Yeah. And I lost my best friend in a car accident. Same um, And so it was, so it really hit home. And I think, and this is something I get very angry at Kevin Smith for. And if he ever listens to this, I hope he listens to this part. Stop selling yourself short. You're an amazing storyteller. You can handle any fucking Marvel film or anything else that anybody ever threw on your plate, and you would do it with such tongue-in-cheek fun, but with such dignity and reverence. Like, that guy's genuinely our, our, you know, Stan's our God, you know, nerd God, then then Kevin is definitely our Jesus. Yeah, I totally uh, agree. And he's a filmmaker. This shows he's a storyteller, he's a filmmaker. 100%. And the fact that he took that kind of a risk with his main character. Yeah. That 
he, he took Dante out. Yeah. And yeah. had that funeral at the end with the just the heartbreaking line, but funny ass line too of or, "You're not, even you're supposed, not supposed to be, to be here, here today. today." Yeah. And uh, I, I, there's so much more to say about this movie that is why it's the number one for me. I'm gonna start tweeting Kevin now. Because I know it's been at least long enough where it won't be considered a spoiler, but I want the Hicks brothers to visit Dante's grave. <laughs> Gil. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and uh, the reporter and whoever else. You know, uh, like on an offshoot thing, I was just thinking about it because you know, we, we talked about the funeral scene. Did you, did you recognize the funeral home? No. It's the same one that they knocked over the casket. Oh shit! Yeah. yeah. Oh fuck yeah! No, remember that because I, they did. I saw it and I was all motherfucker. Because they recreated the drive to it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh fuck. So it's it's the exact same funeral home, and it was just again the attention to detail and and the love letter to his career. If this was the last film that Kevin Smith ever it'd be did, a, it'd be it the was best. a hell of a swan song. Yeah, but I hope I, the fuck it isn't. Yeah. Well, we got tusks. Dollar sign coming and then uh supposedly red state too wow yeah he, he somebody either approached him or he got the spark of the idea to be able to roll with it even without michael parks yeah and supposedly we're getting more rats too we're getting twilight the mall rats i okay so and of course moose jaws so yes moose jaws is the the final the final bit in the great northwest saga yeah um <laughs> we're supposed to be getting that i can't wait for that shit um, keeps that hack Ralph Garman working. Oh yeah, <laughs> but um, we love you, Ralph. Uh, the I still hope that they end up doing the Mallrats sequel as a uh, episodic. I they I think it's just that. a movie. I think he uh, tweaked it again to a movie. That's fine. Yeah. I'm absolutely fine with that. And if it ends up being Die Hard in the Mall, that's, <laughs> that's well, even better. For Jim Jacks, that's yeah. what he has to do. Yeah. But um, as you can tell, someone's missing right now, and he left a message, so we're going to have that after we get this wrapped up, because I don't think there's really any other place we can go right now. Motherfucker's got to showboat his final pick, because he's got one that came up above clerks. Yeah. I think he planned that whole shuffle thing. Right? Yeah. It's very, very convenient. Yeah. Well, but he's going to phone in like he's about to say. But for now, um, I hope you enjoyed our picks. Yeah, this yeah. has been Nick. And this has been Josh. And as always, there we go. Oh, there we go. Gotta throw it in for him. Be, Be excellent, excellent to each, each other. other.